I'll start with the Lord's Prayer. Dear. No. Nickelback. <laughs> Our Chad, who art in heaven. Uh. Hallowed be thy guitar. Thy lyrics come, thy will be done on earth as it is in Alberta, Canada. Give us this day our daily smut and forgive us our innocence as we forgive those who protest against you. Hey, that's the start of the podcast. Welcome back to the last call podcast, the second half. My name's Jamal and I'm joined... 800 kilometers away by Reverend Ashley Hetherington. Raise my children and let your pants uh, drop to your feet. I was going to say, let's not talk about raise my children and pants dropping to your feet with reference to church, shall we? I was raised a Catholic in Ballarat. I know no other way. Isn't it grim? Being uh, religious in Ballarat and having the whole... Didn't Pell have a wing? At St. Pat's? At the prison? Oh, um, yeah, quite possibly. I, I don't know. Yeah, oh, well, let's, let's, not, let's not delve into that because um, that is tough. Um, let's, let's just jump straight into it. Ash has got a nice and early, nice and early wake up that he has to do. Oh, um, yeah, tomorrow. Yeah, yeah I'm tomorrow. in Melbourne. Yeah, you, you actively have a job and I'm very much or a weekend worker, so... Um, I'm I'm good to go for as long as need be. But with that being said, I have a new sting for the list, and I think you might like it. Spanger getting it back from Shields goes down the line, stays in. It does. Keep going. Oh yes! Now it gets really interesting. Two bounces. He'll caress it down someone's throat, and he does. And they've got six. Yep, six. Oh. Caress down someone's throat might be worse than anything you've read in the Nickelback series so far. I direct your attention back to the verse that I read you <laughs> of, of next go round. <laughs> Which is why for people that didn't listen to part one, this part of the podcast began with the Chad's prayer. It did. It did, and it probably will for the rest of time. Um, the list this week, we had an absolute classic Saturday night. So we're talking... Brisbane, Sydney. Top five Essendon versus Hawthorne moments that I remember or have seen. Honourable mention to Sam Mitchell for that photo that I honestly want to get tattooed on my body of him just pointing to his veins. Um, It'd just be like you to get the needle to immortalize the needle photo. Yeah, that would be incredible. Uh, number five, uh, we talked about it in the first half. Wait, wait, but, but before we start, how many of these moments do you reckon one or both of us were there for? Multiple. Uh, one, two. Oh, I don't know about number one. Two and three, definitely not. Five and four, I reckon we both were at. So five is... Lord- Wait, can, is it... sorry on. to distract from the list. I just want to write down my guesses of what the list may be. All right. So you probably know what number five is. Um, I think I've guessed what five is. Um, five, well, I'll let you tell it, but yeah. 
All right. So you know five. Five is Lloyd coming off the uh, coming off the square and absolutely bodying Brad Saul um, to win the game. <laughs> Basically, win the game at the third quarter for Essendon in two thousand nine. Um, I think two and three will surprise you. Yeah, I'm struggling. I've only got two more, I think. And I think they're they're definitely on this list. Number four is uh, in the red corner, Kale Hooker. In the blue corner, Lance Franklin, 2010. Yeah, so I had that as number two. Fanging down that wing. Yeah, directly in front of me. I was oh. there with Fitzy that night, who was a Hawthorne supporter. Yeah, we were in the second row, and he ran. Str- they both ran straight past us, and it was just. Yeah, I, w- I was in the pocket that he ran past. Past the AFL members, and I thought, oh no. Yeah, no. Um, one of the best goals I've ever seen with my own two eyes. Yeah. Uh, number three. Nineteen eighty-three to nineteen eighty-five, three straight grand final meetings. Oh, okay. I thought. I remember as in our lifetime. Oh, no, I've watched highlights. I ba- basically, I watched, there's a there's a Hawthorne, like, box set that they sell of just, like, the electrifying 80s. Yeah, yeah. There's a heap of that shit. Um, 84 and 85 were the highlights. Yeah, 84 and 85. Essendon came out of the best of three, but um, Colin Robinson... Uh, winning the 1983 Norm Smith and never to be heard again. The greatest one-hit wonder since Shane Woe Woden. <laughs> the Shane Woe Woden before Shane Woe Woden. Um, Matt Prittis. Yeah, true, Matty Prittis. Um, number two. Cooney. Yeah. Coons. Yep. Coon. The Coon. Sorry, not allowed to say the Coon anymore. The, um, the cheese. The cheer. The cheer. Yeah. Um, number two, I don't, I don't know if you ever saw highlights of this, but Dermy running through the Essendon huddle in 1988, yeah, b- kissing Billy Duckworth, yeah, or Billy Duckworth kill, kissed him, yeah, one of the, one of the, <laughs> just the funniest things. Dermy was such a character, um, but that comes in at number two and number one. I'm and sure. number one, I, I can't. We've talked about this before. It was my first ever game of AFL. Was it really? That I was at, yeah, it was that my is, first one ever. That is an incredible first game to go to. Um, we are 2004. We are talking about line in the sand. Um, notable suspensions for Hawthorne. I remember Richie Vandenberg got six weeks, Cameron Brown got five. Cam, Cameron Campbell Brown got five. Um, who else? Michael Osborne got three. McPhee, I remember from yeah, Adam McPhee feels like he would have been a. He was a jump, jumper parting Mark Williams' future teammate of Adam McPhee <laughs> um, while he was still on the ground. That that was something else. I can't believe I was at that game. That is AFL. Would you be interested in a special event episode of the podcast where we get quite tipsy and do a live recall of the line in the sand game? I would be interested. <laughs> in, in the same way, you know how Fox Footy did that last year through COVID a lot, how they went back and called old games, but now? Yeah. Um, the be- yeah. the best, one, best one being when um, Anthony Hudson, the Chief, and David King recalled the Essendon North Melbourne game. Yeah, that was at your 61, place. 61 points up. 
and it got to, North got 61 points up and Hutto and the Chief kept going, well, you can't lose now. Like, this would be the worst loss of all time. They're absolutely home. There's nothing that could... That, that was the funniest thing. We're just like, yeah, no, nah, they're home here. And Kingy's just like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I feel like our call could be much more in the vein of Triple M did a similar thing with the um, 1989 grand final. Yeah. Where BT and JB just went full, like, EJ Witten mode. Yeah, love that. And just completely took the piss out of it, especially that memorable moment where Billy Brownless comes in and like karate chops somebody. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be sick. I'll, I'll buy it on. Is it oh, Vandenberg! Is Name a Game still a thing? Name a Game. Surely it's on YouTube somewhere. Oh, maybe. You know, what is on YouTube? Me in a Bollywood film. <laughs> More, more incredibly than you in a Bollywood film is S- Central Square in a Bollywood film. That's true. There we go. I have found it on YouTube, an hour 50 long, Essen and Hawthorne, line in the sand match. Just clicking through, I see Damien Cupido. Cubes. I see Dean Rioli. I see Brett Allen, the umpire. Oh, good God. Um, I see Adam Romanowskis. Yeah. And the most incredible thing is that I watched that game and that was one of the most memorable games of my life. We got beat by 13 goals, I reckon. I reckon it was 77 points. We got absolutely mauled that game in more ways than one. Yeah. And going to go real niche on the podcast, um, for something even you probably don't remember, but one of the reasons it sticks out so memorably to me is my f- first ever game. Um, one of our like grade one projects in young Anne Marie Jolly's class was to make a picture book mm. or something, and I made a picture book about that game and like my day going to the footy. I I found a um, an old diary from grade one from the very same class. And I recounted grade, a diary from grade one, like a journal. And one of the tasks was to write about your weekend. And I went play for play in a random Saturday afternoon game, Hawthorne versus Adelaide. And you know whose name came up? You remember Angelo Lekas? Oh, do I remember Angelo Lekas? Now Dude, there is a name I've thought of in a while. That it was Every a- Saturday afternoon I have Lekas time on. It was me being like, oh, yeah, Angelo Lekas kicked it from the boundary and missed. That was in that diary. <laughs> like, I went play for play. Uh, All right. Um, that was all this week. <laughs> it, for podcast listener, I hope you enjoyed the Anne-Marie Jolly detour. Sister of ex-Collingwood Sydney champion, Darren Jolly. And also ex-block contestant. Who did he play for? I umpired him a couple of times. Um, he played in the Central Islands. Don't know. Couldn't tell you. Um, yeah, what Fuck yeah, I also couldn't tell you. But I did umpire him and he was terrifying. He was good and he was angry when I called against him. I was like, holding. He was like, what the fuck? I was like, oh my God, he's about to step on me. Imagine how Scotty Cam felt when he said, your kitchen's not up to scratch. Yeah, mate, just imagine. You know, oh, he, uh, he is someone you haven't thought about. You know who I umpired once? Warrigal versus Morwell. You remember Tark and Lockyer? 
do remember <laughs> Tarkin Lockyer. Umpired Tarkin Lockyer once. Ex Collingwood football mm. player. Yeah, not superstar, but I was about to say great, but I'm like he he we was on the field. Deviating slightly from footballer you haven't thought of in a while to football you may never have actually heard of. Do you remember Ty Zantuck? I do remember Ty Zantuck. Oh, wow, that's a throw. Worst footballer to pull on the Essendon jumper this century, other than Henry Slattery. Oh, Slats. And you know, the worst thing about Slats is you got regular game time, at least with Zantuck. Henry Slattery had re- a real Zach Dawson-esque connection with Matthew Knights. Yeah. By Zach Dawson-esque, I mean blackmail. Yeah. No, you, you think when he turns up on the team sheet every week, you're just like, what do you have on the coach? Yeah. Um, uh, we're going we're gonna to detour. Actually, actually, next week's alt oh. segment, put together your worst Hawthorne 18 of this century and I'll put together my worst Essendon 18 of this century. I'll say, you don't know, you want to know a fun stat. There was a, there was a thing on the Hawthorne website. that was just like, we haven't debuted um, three de- debutants since 2005 um, round one. And it was Lance Franklin, Jordan, uh, Jordan Ruffhead, Jared Ruffhead and Josh Thurgood. One of these is not like the other. One of these is definitely not like the other. And I say that because Josh Thurgood's probably still playing footy as his buddy. Roughhead's the odd man out. Oh, Josh Thurgood's probably playing for the Beaufort seconds, I reckon. I'd just like to say, though, they say they haven't had three debutants since 2005. There's probably been every year since 2005 they've had guys just sit there and watch the game and not actually play. Yeah, that's, that's true. Like in the one game, I mean, Connor Downey played. Uh, he didn't get. Oh, I'm so sad that he didn't get on the field. All right. Question. All right. Hypothetical for you as um, both as if you were the coach and what you think a coach would do. Two minutes left in a grand final that you've clearly won. You're up by 10 goals. Mm. Sub hasn't come on. Do you put him on? Oh, God. Yeah. Give him a run out. Give him a run out. That's like. Yeah. Um, who do you take off? Who do you say, no, nah, you're injured now? Oh, um, somewhat, someone's sore, you know. In in this hypothetical, you know, Tim O'Brien's hurt his finger. I know he won and the game th- in round one, but. Do you think coaches would do it? No. I, I think I some would. Not Clarko. I think Stewie Jew would. I don't, I don't think, think Clarko would. Stewie Jew would. Stewie Jew has a heart. Uh, Alistair Clarkson is very much the Bill Belichick of um, AFL football, I feel like. What kind kind of shit without his star players? I mean... You did win Saturday night, though, so it's... Yeah, um, though you were playing aside the quality of the Mount Clear seconds. Yeah, only because we were the golden point. <laughs> no, not even. We Ah, whatever. It was um, game. But yeah, no, I, again, I know I probably said it last week, uh, making their mark, watchable, on, not only for watchable, worth watching 
just because of Stewie Jim. Mm. Clear, clear highlight. Great to see him and see more of an insight into him, especially the way he's leading that young club. Yeah, no. And I think they should stick because there were rumours that they just wouldn't stick with him. And I was like, oh, I hate it when they fire coaches too early because Clarkson wasn't good for three years. Yeah. He did um, inherit the worst team on the planet, but, you know. But yeah, I, I think uh, given the nature of their list and the nature of the club and, like, its history and given what apparently Rocket was like, which was just absolutely tearing shreds off players. Yeah, you don't need that kind of thing. A Stewie Jew coach is the sort of coach that you need. He's like, a I mean, a coach that can deliver a spray is necessary and... Um, well, maybe not necessary, but like it can be effective in certain environments and probably for older players that um, are a bit more experienced and have a bit thicker skin can probably take a spray a bit more. Yeah. Um, but for a really young side, a really supportive and nurturing coach like Stewie Jew is probably a really good thing. Yeah, and he's just a good lad. Um, 2008 grand final winner. Yeah, this is this is why the podcast runs so long. We've just like done a twenty minute diversion on like Stuart Jew. Yeah, and, and like, line in the sand game and fucking John Thurgood and Lekas and Darren Jolly, right. Tark and Lockyer. Now we're into your alt segment, and you're getting the old list. Five seconds to go. We got a bet. Thirteen. He's back this game. And he will kick 13 once again. Um, yeah, I, I. it's not a hugely original alt segment and it's not hugely different to what we've already done. And Shika Darwin is out for 98. Ah, not Shika Darwin. Not the one. He is not the um, one today. But I thought, at least for round one and possibly on an ongoing basis, it could become a, a regular Ash segment. My three most impressive and most disappointing players from the weekend. Oh, I love it. It's like that segment on Triple M. Yeah, the, the best votes and the other ones. I loved listening. On the I way. loved the other ones. The other Especially ones. when the chi- when the chief would do it. Ah, uh, he'd rip into him and the music was just like oh. Yeah. Cause anybody else that would do the worst votes would be like, all right, minimum of 50 games or hundred games. Take into account extenuating circumstances. Chief would just be like, young fella, I know it's your first game, but you did a dribble kick. Yeah. It's like, ah. You're in. You get three, two, and one. Um, all right. So having said that, we will start with the good ones. Um, would you like it to be full triple M? Three is best or three is... All right, we'll start with one. Start from the bottom at one, and three is the best. Yep. And same, three is the worst. Yep, sounds good. Um, One vote, as much as it pains me to say, goes to, and I'll put on my best BT voice, Ratio Fantasia. Um has barely been able to get a kick at Essendon for a few years, has barely been able to get on the park, to be honest, but when he's been on the park, has barely been able to get a kick, had to be transitioned to defence last year for a while Mm. um, and just never really looked like showing the form of 
sort of 2016 Orazio when he sort of became that cult figure. That's why he got the the real BT treatment. Um, like Jake Lloyd. A Lloyd. Um, and the likes. Uh, but yeah, no, he was back to his best. As I said before, he had eight shots of goal, passed one off on the dying man. Um, which as anybody that would like to check out the sports bet Facebook page may have robbed one punter of about 15 grand Oof. that backed, backed him to kick five or more. And he's kicked four, four and passed one off Tough. right at the end. Um, but yeah, no, he was very impressive. It would be easy for me to begrudge him as an Essendon supporter, but it's just good to see him playing good footy again, because as much as I liked Orazio and Danaher as well as Essendon players, I just really like them as players, like seeing them do well. It's good for footy. Hmm. Probably similar to the way you feel about Buddy. Oh, God, yeah. I have root for Buddy. And, and like not so much now that he's been injured for a year and a bit, but when he was tearing it up at Sydney, it, it, it must have been hard to see him doing that for another club. Uh, but I mean, it's still good for the game of footy and for your enjoyment of footy as a sport to see it happening. So, yeah. Um, I also quite like Port Adelaide as a club. Would like to see them win the flag this year. Yeah. Um, two for me uh, is Darcy Moore. Um, oh. I know Colin. Hey, a good huh? game. You say who? I said two. Ah, oh, yeah, two. Um, Darcy Moore, I thought, I know they got beat and a couple of the Bulldogs midfielders were very good, but I thought Moore for me was best on ground. Mm. Um, he was almost impenetrable, especially in that first half. They should have been a lot further down at halftime, Collingwood. The midfield really struggled. The Bulldogs midfield is one of the best in the comp um, and Darcy Moore was pretty much the sole reason why Collingwood was still in the sniff. Oh, if, the, if he's not there, they lose by... 80 points easily. The midfield of McRae, Dunkley, Bontempelli, and Smith. Smith? Yeah, Smith, Dunkley, Trelaw, yeah. Bont, McRae, yeah, Daniels. Lord, that is yeah. stacked. Um, however, I will be taking the unprecedented step at this time of diverting to my co-host for a little mini rant. On Darcy Moore's hair. Oh yeah, look, it's not much of a, a a rant. So much as just like, what are you doing, man? Look, I have a uh, less than desirable haircut. I haven't um, cut my hair. Haven't got my hair cut at a professional, um, like hairdresser since 2019. But good God, my guy looks like Kira Knightley out there. Um, yeah, who'd want to look like Kira Knightley? Ugly as hell. Uh, uh, being a uh, <laughs> AFL football player, I think there are more desirable people to look like than Kira Knightley. But with that being said, um, at least tie your hair up, you know? Um, while we're on the slightly unique topic of hair, have you happened to get a glance at Mick Malloy in the past week? Ah, uh, you got the KB. He did get the KB. It is staggeringly... Somewhere between brilliant and awful. Yeah. What? What? Is he got a missus? What do you reckon the missus thinks? No, he doesn't. And that's what he said. He said, "Well, that 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 would pretty much rule out the chance of any action in the boudoir for the next eight months." Yeah. Well. And KB, I think, replied with, "Well, you'd think so, but quite the opposite." 
Yeah, but Mick Malloy is no KB. I'm sure KB was doing just fine back in the day. That is true. Yeah. Um, and most impressive for me for round one, we discussed it a bit earlier, so we'll go breeze through it pretty quickly, but the big Texan. Yeah. Um, people, people pretty much everywhere had basically written him off. There was talks at the end of last year whether it was time to retire, especially given the... Um, downturn in Adelaide's fortunes last year but he was truly best to his uh, best to his back back to his best on Saturday afternoon um four goals in the first half tore the Cats defense to shreds and to be honest I don't know whether it was because Tex played so well or the ball movement was quick or what it was but they really looked like they missed Harry Taylor down there as the general Geelong yeah, no. Um, they got they got uh, Lockie Henderson, Henderson and Kolasajny and Tom Stewart, but they just looked lost and disorganised. And um, Tex took full toll. And I mean, by halfway through the third quarter, that game was over, despite how much Geelong tried to come back. Yeah, well, they're, they're no Hawthorne, so yeah, no. It was it was great to see him really turn the clock back to really that year they made the grand final was the last site, last time he's looked that damaging at all. Well, no, yeah, and as I think I said it at, uh, during my previous, I was like, Tex is old now. Like, what does he have left in the tank? And uh, five goals against um, one of the best teams in the comp is what he has left. So you love yeah, to see yeah. it. We love, uh, we love big bags by a big forward. Um. All right, so now in true Chieftain style, we get to the not-so-good ones. Um, and if this is to become a regular uh, sting, uh, sting, regular segment, I will be requesting a sting. Um, yeah, what do you want? I can, I can do that. Yeah, well, I don't know. We'll have to workshop it through the week, I think. But Sounds good. Something probably from the Chief, I think, having a rant about maybe dribble kicks, just something where he's in full abuse mode. Yep, sounds good. I'll make it happen. Um, we go first to the Saturday night swimming pool arena. Mm. Um, and I'm going to try and make this a little bit more interactive. Do you know how many tackles were laid in the swimming pool match, the water polo match between Brisbane and Sydney? By the entire two teams? Entire two teams. I don't know, like 80. 93 which yeah is high but probably fair for like a um yeah basically a a low scoring soggy match yeah a rugby mall do you know how many tackles the reigning brownlow medalist lachlan neal had i guess one you would think one none none not a single tackle when his side was being touched up by a, uh, a Sydney They're side that finished what, bottom bottom five last year. They finished sixteenth. Sixteenth, so bottom three. Yeah, they were third last. Bottom three. Lockie Neal did not have a single tackle. He had eight kicks for the game. Is Lockie Neal a fair weather player? Well, I mean, it, I don't think that's fair. He's a Brownlow <laughs> medalist. That's true. He was very. Um, good. He's been a very good player for years, but in a game where his side really needed him when clearly the kids didn't really stand up to that physical sort of slog mm. nearly needed to be that leader. And he wasn't zero tackles and eight kicks for the game when your side is struggling so much 
I'm sorry, it gets you in the bad ones. No, fair enough. I'm I'm excited to see who two and three are. Um, two votes. Again, as alluded to a little bit in part one, it's the big, big, big boy, Maxwell Gorn. Big um, boy? You had a good game. Playing against a Frio side with, I think it's top two Ruckman out and a Ruckman on debut coming up against you. Um in a game where your midfield is expected and almost needed to, to break out this year with Clary Oliver, Viney, Brayshaw, Petrarca. Um, this should have been a match where Gorn absolutely dominated. Melbourne dominated from the middle and won comfortably. Um, and despite that, Max Gorn had 12 possessions, just the 30 hitouts. Um and while he, he he did win the battle against Meek, as you would expect him to, he didn't dominate anywhere near as much as he should have. Mm. Um, and because of that, Frio were in the game really into the last five minutes when Melbourne kicked away a little bit. Yeah. Um, and don't worry, if Frio had have been able to get the job done in that last 15 minutes, Gorn would have been the three votes comfortably because it would have been on him. No, um, and that's why... I don't have this as an extra segment, but I might be able to add it for next week. Most under pressure for round two, I think Big M Gorn is there up there in lights. St Kilda's two Ruckman are out. Coming off a game where he should have dominated and didn't. Yep, love um, it. And the three not so good votes this week. Uh I couldn't quite give it to one player, so I've split it a little bit. Um, amongst 23 of them. Geelong, all of them, mm-hmm. fucking despicable. <laughs> Even the sub, the sub gets a clip. Yeah, well, the sub played was the problem. His problem. Who was the Compared sub? Compared to Connor Downey, I don't know, but I know Menangola came off because he might play this week. Yeah. Um, for a side that should be in premiership contention, well, he's definitely in premiership contention and probably should be premiership favourites. They were abysmal. They didn't really get switched on until halfway through the third quarter when they were already 50 points down. Um, I know they almost got there in the end, but it just was not good enough for us, for any side, really. Um, I mean, I know lots has been made about Essendon's collapse Mm. Hawthorne's early collapse, really, and then Essendon's subsequent collapse. But Geelong were had so, so much higher expectations against an Adelaide side that were pretty awful last year for the majority, um, and they were just abysmal. Yeah, no. Um, so, Charlie Constable was the sub, and just just as a, a one of my least favourite players in the AFL, Brian Myers. Um, Oh, so I've I've nothing to say. I just really do not like Ryan Myers as a player. Are you are you unhappy because of his name or him? Both, both. He, he's one I, I actually had this discussion Saturday night with somebody, and we came to the conclusion that when his mother was naming him for the birth certificate, she tried to say B, and the person writing it down heard it as G, and just didn't question it, and he got yeah. grind instead of Brian. 
I thought it was a mixture of um, Brady and uh, no Grady and Brian. So either or Brian. Interesting that you've got gone Grady instead of something like Greg or Grant. Yeah. Nobody knows they keep Greg, Greg anymore. Oh yeah. Because Greg is so uncommon compared to Brian. Yeah, that's true. Uh, well, yeah, Geelong, fucking brutal over the weekend. They looked slow. They looked old. And it honestly was fun to watch as someone who really does not like Geelong, even though I'm wearing stripes today. <laughs> They'll be back in 13 days. Don't worry. Yeah, well, let's hope not. Um, all right. What are we up to? I believe the lament. Yeah, up to the lament. Do you want the sting? Yep. Dear Mr. President, there are too many states nowadays. Please eliminate three. I am not a crackpot. I want you to get up now. I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell, I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Wait, give me something just on a, on a separate note, did I say last week I didn't want that sting anymore? Maybe. That's why I, was I feel like I, when you asked that question, I was like, why wouldn't I want the sting? And then I thought, did, did I ask for... Oh, I don't know. Maybe listeners should know Listeners should know by this point of the podcast, any promises for the next week are unlikely to be fulfilled. Yeah, unless I actively write it down, it's probably yeah. going to happen. Or happen to stumble across it when editing. Correct. Me being like, oh, um, me in a cafe tomorrow morning being like, all right, I'll make the sting longer. Um, this week's lament is an interactive lament. So call in now, 1300 10 No, um, interactive for you. My lament is just going to be posed in the form of an exacerbated question. Mm. Why the fuck don't teams tag Dustin Martin? I mean, that's a good question, but also, like, who? With who? Is is there any tagger in the competition right now? Like, I know that's not the point, and you could literally put anyone. But the question is... Why don't they? I was trying to get you to get, roll with the who sting. Oh, all right. But the, the question is... Ooh. Who? Who? A couple of weeks ago, we thought this podcast was getting real smooth. We were. Actually, We've got bumpy. Down. I'm like, what do you want from me? <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I tried to say the question is, and you went, what did you say? Why or how? Yeah, um, said, who, what, when, where, why? Yeah. Like, fucking five W's here. Obviously, it's difficult to find a like for like for Dusty that can tag him incredibly well unless you go with somebody like Fife, which is negating your biggest weapon but mm. just somebody even if they're not going to be 100 percent match for him just a scragger to follow him around so i don't care if you don't get a possession just stop dusty getting possessions and if even if he does get them make sure he works hard for them feels every bump and tries to get them contested because just watching Thursday night's game, and especially I think with the new scandal, Dusty already seems an exploiter of the 
wheeling around and getting that extra five or six metres. You just need somebody to be with him at all times and not let him get any uncontested ball, not let him get any easy ball, make him feel every possession he gets. Because it was quite simply in that Carlton game, I know Richmond are a premiership caliber team. Carlton finished, what, 11th last year? Hmm. Dusty was genuinely the only difference between the two sides. Yeah. Oh, no, 100%. 100%. And you're not going to be able to take him out of the game completely, obviously, because he's a superstar. But if you can negate him by, by like, even 20 or 30%, it's going to be massive in going towards um, you being able to win. Yeah. And, like, just to take it off to a a different, like, team, um, there's – a reason why Cameron Ling is considered one of the best cats of the last 20 years. And it's not because of his hard running scintillating possession or flair for the game. It's because he was able to take out the best player on the opposition team and be integral to that team who won what three premierships in five years. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I mean, tagging has become unsexy, but I, I mean, Brian Crowley was similar in that 2013 year that Frio made the grand final. Crowley was instrumental. Huge. Um, obviously, Ross Lyon plays a much more defensive game style than the majority of coaches do these days. But I just think not deciding not to play anybody on Dusty puts you at such a disadvantage from the get-go. I think you've just got to, on Dusty, or any like good like um, top, let's say, 10 AFL talent, you've just got to get your absolute scrapper on him and just run with him. Um, just that really annoying. Um, you remember Stephen Baker, that type yeah. of player. Yeah. Nigla. But like you sides don't have any problem playing defenders in lockdown roles, like on good forwards and don't criticize like a defender. If he doesn't get much of the ball, as long as his man doesn't get much of the ball. I think you have to treat dusty like that. Oh God. Yeah. Especially with reduced rotations when he's probably going to be playing 30 or 40% forward anyway. Mm. And I mean, the challenge obviously is finding somebody with the, uh, the height to go with him in the air and the aerobic capacity to go with him. But it doesn't have to be 100% on either of those things. Just somebody that can, he, he doesn't have to be able to best him in the air or on the ground or like running. He just has to be able to compete with him and be with him all the time and like make him earn his possessions. Who do you think right now would be the ideal run with for Dusty? Any team? Um, well, I mean, it's difficult because if, if you're going to go five, obviously yeah. five has like the capacity to, but you're not taking away what five gives you on the offensive end just to tag Dusty. Um. Yeah, and I mean, that's half the battle. The ideal, it's... Mm, it's probably someone like a Blitzarves, to be honest. Sheesh. Yeah. I don't have... I mean, I know, I know they like to use him as an attacking weapon, mm. but um, to use an inverse of the, the common attack is the best form of defence... When it comes to Dusty, defending him is one of the best forms of attack because not only do you nullify their attack, but the less time they're in attack, the more time you can be in attack, right? So, yeah, um, I think Blitzarves is one of the like key weapons I can see um, being able to go with him 
running wise, both speed and aerobically, and then obviously in the air because he's a fair bit taller. Yeah, well, and that's the thing. That's why nobody plays a tagger any day, uh, any um, anyway nowadays, because you're basically just ruling out a player on your team to run with, and then it's basically 17, and hopefully on 17, if your tagger does a good job. If he doesn't, then like, you know, I remember when um, I was at a game and Kyle Cheney tried to run with Dale Thomas. Dale Thomas absolutely wiped the floor with him. Yeah, and I get that, and I get that's why sides don't want to do that. But, I mean, I would view it more as the fact that you're willing to play lockdown defenders on forwards. Mm. So why not? Like, he's their best player, and quite honestly, probably their best forward, even if he only spends 40% of the time there. Oh, I would 100% count Dusty to mark over Lynch or Rewalt. I know they probably have bigger players on them and better defenders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what I'm saying is Dusty playing 40% is probably almost as good as Rewalt or Lynch or whoever their small forwards are playing 100%. Uh, Rioli. Rioli or, yeah. I was going to say Higgins, but Higgins is gone. Gresham and... um, No, he plays for St Kilda. Arts. Jake Arts. um, yeah, those guys. But, like, I would think if you've got somebody that can run with him, I would just play a defender on Dusty all day long, regardless of where, the, where he is on the ground. Mm. But anyway, I mean, it's, it's a tough question, but that was my lament because I was watching Thursday night and I just went, why is he so free all the time? Yeah, he, he gets the ball with a couple of feet of space and you're like, in what world? In what world do you not see Dustin Martin in, like... Oh, I should probably go pick him up. And look, if he gets tagged, he might still get 35 touches. But I, um, Dusty's 35 touches normally is so much more damaging than a contested player like Tom Mitchell's 35 touches, right? So if, if Dusty was getting contested touches like Tom Mitchell or Josh Kennedy or someone does, they're going to be so much less damaging than currently his possessions where he tends to just get it 60 from goal, wheel around, either kick it himself or set one up. Yeah. Um, so I think even if you can't beat him, and even if he still gets 35 touches, you're going to be better off for having made those touches contested and hopefully less effective than you will be letting him run free like he seems to have been able to the last five years. Yeah. No, and at the end of the day, Dusty is a phenomenal little fucking player so um yeah no i i get it but maybe we'll we'll see the return of the big ford and return of the tagger ryan crowley to come out of retirement and win geelong the premiership oh. as they as they all slink off to wacky wednesday at the retirement home <laughs> all right are we ready for a all right mate are we ready for a multi <laughs> So last that we spoke on the podcast, where were we at? We were we were plus one on a multi, and then um, something happened during the week, um, which made a certain other multi. Right. We are plus two on multis. Another multi has got up that was pending from a month or so ago. 
The America's Cup has finally finished. Team New Zealand have come in over an Italian opponent. Um, and two multis got up in the space of three days. Yeah. So this you, one was not not quite as lucrative as the. Um, oh, was this the like three dollar eighty multi? <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, however, having said that, the podcast betting account has two hundred dollars in it. Jeez. All right. So what's that? Going okay. On? It's it, it's not the podcast account. It's my account, yeah, but it's the one that we use for every podcast multi. Um. It has occasionally been used for a boring Saturday afternoon on the punt at Mooney Valley or Randwick. Um, not to much avail, but I mean, we're 200 in the green, so. Yeah. Go us. And after this week, we will be $255 in the green. Uh, as mathematicians may have worked out, this week's multi at a $5 stake is paying $11.13. Yeah, yeah. And the central focus of this multi is the overwhelming and undeniable proposition that Essendon are awful. Oh. How, how your tone has switched from a nine o'clock on Saturday night to here we are now. <laughs> As a slight diversion, as Jamal mentioned before, I sent him a wind-up photo uh, indicating I might put $100 on Essendon to win the premiership at halftime. After I'd screenshotted that and sent it to Jamal, I thought, well, this would also be good to wind up my uh, Essendon supporting but highly doubtful father. So I sent him the uh, photo saying I put $100 on Essendon at $81. And he replied with, you are clearly not that dumb. <laughs> if so, hand in your law license. Oh, Jesus. And uh, an hour and a half later, after Tim O'Brien had sunk the hopes of Essendon fans everywhere, mm. I got a text just reading, spoon favourites, full stop. As bad as I thought they would be, full stop. Six blokes should never play again. Full stop. Dean. Um, so in in three sentences, Dad managed to sum up the thoughts of every Essendon supporter watching that game. But I digress. Our pain shall be our profit, Essendon supporters. As we move to the battle at Adelaide Oval, 4.35, Saturday afternoon, Jamal and I will be regaling our high school colleagues of Tales from the Podcast. And at the same time, the next multi shall be getting up because leg one is Port Adelaide to win at the line, which means 33 or more points. The line is 33 points. 32 and a half. That's better of the week, everybody. Port Adelaide to win by thirty by six goals or more. Absolutely take it. It's in Adelaide, isn't it? It is in Adelaide. Oh. Um, leg two is uh, a, a little bit shorter at a dollar eighty-eight, and it, we are on Orazio to kick three or more. Love it. 
Um, leg three is the riskiest one and the shortest paying one, if you can believe it. But we need to provide ourselves a little bit of hope. We're on um, the giant ginger. Two metre, Peter. To kick one goal or more. He actually looked all right last week. He's just got to put one through those big lanky sticks. And we also need at $2.95, which actually may be a better bet for bet of the week. Total points to be over 176 and a half. Oh, mate. Port Adelaide will be getting 120 of those. Exactly. Um, and that multi is going to pay $11.13. This is called the Essendon Pain Multi. This is the Pain Multi, uh, but I prefer to use the tagline, our pain is our profit. Yeah. Hey, no pain, no gain. No, That's what this week's multi is all about. That's very true. How very Arnold of you. Um, who am I? You are Jamal. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> All right. You, sh- you shall now always address me as Torfik. Yeah, well, I mean, I've got to have a father figure because mine isn't in the country, so. How is your father figure? Uh, absent. <laughs> no, he's good. He's... he's... <laughs> Busy teaching international kids. Um, all right. Ignoring my abandonment issues. We have a who am I this week, which is, should be an absolute layup for Ash. Um, Famous last words. I reckon you might get it at four. This is quite a layup. Shivner in Chandapool. For five points, Shevnarine Shenderpool. Mate, that's 10 points. Yeah, mate, just imagine. Actually, it's, it's a million points if you get it before a clue. I, I reckon that should be a thing. If you guess it before the clue somehow, some way, uh, like we stop the segment. <laughs> I reckon that's a good threat. Mate, that was a big paw. Did you hear that? Did you hear that, everyone? That was Ash pouring a hundred mils of wild turkey um, on a Tuesday night at ten thirty when he has work at nine a.m. Nah, mate, it's got coke in it. You can't put it back. <laughs> There's no coke in it yet. Uh, um, this will be the last podcast. I will be dead <laughs> tomorrow. That's a lot of bourbon. All right, for five points. I was drafted in 1982 by the Bombers, making my debut in 83 as a hard-nosed defender. Um, Mark Thompson. Correct, for five points. He's got it! That was a layup line, folks. Oh, you love to see glory, it. Glory, hallelujah, because in two minutes I'll be nonsensical. All right. Um, was there any? I had no I'd, like to hear, I'd like to hear the other clues. I All almost right. said Gary O'Donnell, but then I was like, it's 
a very niche person for a non-Essendon supporter. Like who's Gary O'Donnell? Yeah, um, exactly. For four points, I played in the 1984 and 85 Grand Finals, winning most improved and most determined in those two years. Uh, for three points, I won two Best and Ferris and captained the 1993 Grand Final win. I would have got it there if I hadn't have guessed it. I, fi- I figured you would have. Um, I became a very successful senior coach, winning two flags and being the all-star coach in those same years. And one, I returned to the Bombers in 2010 as an assistant coach. For, uh, for half a first, point, I was charged with drug uh, possession, drug trafficking, almost ruined my life. <laughs> just like the rest of the Essendon team at that time. Hey, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. Yay. All right. Well, that was who am I? Um, what do we got now? Uh, last call. Well, I mean, last call slash worldwide news, whatever sting you want to use. I mean, we got a lot of last call to go. It's the last call. Ash is this is the last-ish call. This is the last call. Um, Ash ordered a triple at the bar. And we're going to be <laughs> here for a while. Um, where do you want to start? Have you got... Uh, we should probably start with something pertaining to podcast yeah, business, I guess. Mm. Are you... Um, do you remember the year multi that we took in the live cast? Vaguely, um, it was Geelong to win the flag. Yep, Penrith to win the flag. Mm. Rafa to win the French Open. Oh, mate, that's fucking peanuts. Yep. And do you remember the last leg? American. American. Why do I think it was Zach Merritt related? Um, American. Ah, was the Lakers to win the? Uh, yeah, I know where we're going with this. It was the Lakers yeah, to win the like NBA title. 14. You'll be fine, mate. Um, I wouldn't even stress it. We'll be fine. All right, so walk me through it. Like I have, I know nothing apart from the fact that he injured his ankle. So LeBron went down uh, against Atlanta with a high ankle sprain. Um, it's one of those ones that is not good, but it is March. But, oh, my God, Ash has almost died. <laughs> um. But yeah, high ankle sprains are never good, but it's going to get to the point where they're just going to sit him for most of the season, um, probably bring him in, warm him up for the end, and then he'll be fine by the finals. If this happens... Are they they good enough to get high enough in the playoffs without him? They might. They are third at the moment. I think they might fall to fifth, but like they are... When Davis is back, when LeBron is firing, they are good enough to beat literally any team in the league. Um, so, um, like, I obviously am not an NBA aficionado. Like, have many sides won from outside the top four or the top two? Like, what is sort of the rule of thumb for NBA playoffs? Is it difficult to win from outside the four like it is AFL-wise? It's, it's quite literally, do you have LeBron on your team? Yes or no, you will be making the finals. Like it is quite literally that simple. Um, because yeah, like I, I wish I could chalk it up to like you know how the dogs winning from seventh is like one of the like a one in one million kind of thing. But like I think LeBron finished fifth one year, made it to the finals. He finished second one year, made it to the finals. He's literally made the finals yeah. every year that he hasn't been injured. 
So as long as you get into the playoffs, which is what top eight. Yeah, they'll make the playoffs. into the into the playoffs with a fit LeBron for the playoffs. They'll be all right. You'll they'll be in the finals for sure. Um, their okay. their second star Anthony Davis will be back by then by the finals. It will be fine. The multi um, year multi is still on. Good uh, because Penrith have started the NRL season like a house on fire. Have not been scored against in the first two games. Jesus. Um, and obviously Geelong started not ideally, but they always start slow to a season. I know I gave worst on ground to all of Geelong, but Higgins and Isaac Smith actually weren't that bad. I thought they were serviceable. Um, Cam, Cam Guthrie was really good in the second half. Um, well, and Jeremy Cameron's not there. Jeremy Cameron and Tom Hawkins, I think, will be a really good partnership, especially with the return of the key forward that I foreshadowed. So, I, yeah, I think with the stand rule, I'm even more bullish on Geelong this year. Yeah, no, they will be fine. Um, but yeah, all right, playing devil's advocate for a minute, LeBron is out for the season. Tell me what happens. Oh, they get... Oh... They're a little waste. Yeah, like not not just Lakers wise, but what happens season like what oh, the playoffs uh, look like? Who wins? The Nets. If it's not LeBron, the it's the Nets. The Nets have um James Harden, Kyrie Irving, and Kevin Durant. Like yeah, right. The 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 LeBronless dream team. Yeah, uh, basically three, two of the best scorers in NBA history, and Kyrie Irving, who has the best handle in NBA history, like the best dribbler in NBA history. Um, what about what about the other conference? Though? Like, aren't they? They're in separate conferences, right? Yeah. So the Lakers are in the West. Uh, Brooklyn yeah, the West. are in the East. So if the Lakers, so if LeBron doesn't come back and the Lakers don't make it, who wins the West Conference? Do you think? Uh, probably the other LA team uh, with Kawhi. Clippers. Yeah, Clippers. Um, they got Kawhi and Paul George, two All Stars. They bottomed out in uh, last year's playoffs and kind of shit the bed, but another year of cohesion they basically got a new team last year they just traded everyone interesting good year to be a, an la basketball fan then yeah no great year it's it's usually a good and actually sports fan that the rams are on the way up aren't they yeah rams the Chargers are there <laughs> um, they're there. They're there. they'll always have they, they have hockey team i think las vegas do um they have the dodgers i know nothing yeah, about true. Absolutely not. Angels? Los Angeles Angels? Is that them? That might be the hockey team. Um, who fucking knows? Um, I'm going to think. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, go on. I think the extent of my LA sports knowledge is basically from Entourage. Oh, no. It's a, that's a, actually, that's a fair shout. Um, I'm going to. Like most of my New York knowledge is from TV shows. Probably suits. Suits related. Well, no, just like every New York show. I mean, like How I Met Your Mother went to like um, Rangers games, didn't they? And then obviously um, the Mets and the Yankees are in everything. Yeah. That's a, that's a good shout. Um, I'm just going to top off our basketball talk with uh, the Houston Rockets broke their 20-game losing streak today. They started the year 11-10 and 10 and were 11-10. and 11 and 30 going into tonight or tonight for them. And um, they beat the Toronto Raptors um, and they, they went on a 20 game losing streak and then still not on the bottom of the conference. 
Who is? Uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves. Of course. So shout out to them for being shit. Um, the Rockets finally get a win. Good for them. In in fairness, the, I think if you lived in Minnesota, you'd probably be more worried about the fact that Minneapolis might be about to get ripped down. Yeah, it's not f- not not to go um, unsporting slash political for not a second. Too political. Um, to, to bring the legal perspective to the podcast. He will almost certainly get found not guilty and they will rip the city to the ground. Oh, they're going to fucking riot. Um, the, the one thing that could save a little bit is the fact that they got allowed to add the lesser charge back, which he's more likely to get found guilty of. But I still don't think it will be enough to save riots if he gets found guilty of third degree murder. Yeah, no, that's that's very true. Um, but yeah, when, um, when when he doesn't go to jail for life and he gets off with you know house arrest, yeah. <clears throat> and a, as a way to bridge the gap back to sport, do we have a horn camp update? Uh, look, I'm not going to play the sting because um, FC Den Bosch lost five one and three nil during the week. Horn camp, no so issues. There, there was nothing to bring up. I just shot off a little early. I'm sorry. Yeah. There's um, Horncamp, nowhere to be seen. Um, so there's an erectile dysfunction joke in there that I'm that I'm not going to make. Um, the Horncamp material failed to perform this week. Yeah. Horncamp didn't show up in a big spot. Um, all right. Come while on. We're, while we're on soccer, I've got one soccer note here. Um, Dinamo Zagreb played the Tottenham. Hot Spurs. Sorry, Dina Mozagreb sounds like a like a German pop star. Dina Mozagreb is a Croatian team, um, and they play the Tottenham Hot Spurs during the week in the Europa League round of thirty-two, no round of sixteen. Now, one day before the game, Dina Mozagreb are down two nil on aggregate from the first leg. And are you, what one day before the game they're down what? No, no. So from they've got two legs and one. Okay. okay. Like they lost the first leg two nil, and one day before the game, their manager got sentenced to six years in jail for fraud. And they won the leg three nil to go through to the next round of the Europa League. Was the fraud that Dina Mazagreb is not actually a Croatian football team? They're actually a German pop star. I think I think that's what it was. Um, but yeah, the fact that one of the better teams in the Premier League lost to a um, Croatian team whose manager just got jailed is a disgrace, and that's all I have to say. Should uh, actually should should we talk some cricket? Um, well, we need if we're going to do cricket, we need to start with the cricket that everybody's been waiting for. Big, 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 big. Cricket 19 update. It's been a couple of weeks. So I can't remember where I left off last time. But basically... I believe you, were, um, you just transitioned to being a full-time bowler. I'm and a your best figures were five for something, I reckon. Five for something. So I'm a full-time bowler for Victoria. I have now played for the Karachi Royals in the T20. 
I currently ply my trade for Somerset in the English County Cup. Ooh. I have played for St. Kitts in the Caribbean Cup. Yeah. Here's, here's the good bit. I made my test debut for Australia against Pakistan. Oh, oh my God. Huge, huge update. And I had a, a huge game. First innings, Pakistan batted three for 19 off 15 overs. Oh, my goodness. Take us through it ball by ball. 114 balls. Tell us everyone. I do not remember the ball by ball, but I think we'll be most impressed by the batting. I came in at seven for 98 and made 151 not out. Oh, my God. Steve Smith style. He's going to get elevated from bowler to best batsman in the country. Yeah, mate. And uh, me and surprise uh, bowler Jai Richardson partnered for 168. Jahai. Jahai. Huge. Yeah. And then in the second innings, I bowled for five for 22 um, off 18 overs and then didn't have to bat in the second innings. I'm going to say what every listener, which is just me and the listener, Correct. are thinking. Um, turn the difficulty up. It's time to get off novice. I turned the batting up to the hardest thing because I was like, I'm You sick. did not. You did not make 120 from nine on the hardest difficulty. What's the hardest one? Like expert <laughs> test? It's just hard. It was 151. Um, but to be fair, literally the game I just played, I got bowled for a duck. So first ball. Yeah, well, that's, the, that's the other thing. You might make 151 against Pakistan in real life these days. Yeah, that's true. Um, I, I want to... So this is in like 2023. Um, <laughs> you want to know how long the tail is? I do. Alex Carey at six. That's probably fine. Pat Cummins at seven. That's probably not fine. Mitchell Stark at eight. He's getting old in 2023. Me at nine. You just made 151. That's, That's true. I'll, I'll be three by the end of the week. Jai Richardson at 10. Josh Hazelwood at 11. There are four yeah. fast bowlers on that team. I mean, Jahai can bat in fairness, as can Pat Cummins. As can you, clearly, in video game world. But in what world do we need Pat Cummins, Mitchell Stark, Jai Richardson, and Josh Hazelwood in the same team? That's a That's lot. That's true. And do you bowl spin? I do bowl spin. I'm the Nathan Lyon predecessor. No. Look, I mean, by, by 2023, if you are a spinner that's good enough to make 151 and Pat Cummins and Stark are making enough runs, like that's probably good, right? Yeah. Because Australia's key problem in not winning tests lately is not getting enough wickets. Mm. But playing that extra bowl is probably not bad if some of your bowlers can qualify as genuine all-rounders. Yeah, well, you know, they didn't know I could make 151. Um, but I think, so there's no Steve Smith. What? No Labashane. Take no, me from one, one, one to five because I've heard six to 11. I don't even know who most of these people are. And they genuinely might be just like game-generated players. 
Jake Winter. Fake. Jake Carter. Fake. Uh, potential real player, Caleb Jewell at three. Real, plays for Tassie. Just made 91, I reckon, in the Shield game against New South Wales. Uh, George Caratelli at four. Well, possibly a real Italian man, but doesn't play cricket. And Jake Weatherall at five. Is real, plays for South Australia, opens for the strikers in the Big Bash. That's an absurd top five. Like the bottom, the bottom six was reasonably okay, apart from you, obviously, because you're not real. Yeah, but like Kerry Cummins, Stark, Richardson, Hazelwood, feasible. Yeah. Feasible bottom four, five. Yeah. Caleb Jewell, Alex Carey, Jake Weatherall, winter, summer, and autumn, not feasible. Sorry, not autumn, autumn, autumnelli. Carrot. Autumnelli. Um, yeah. But, yeah. I mean, it is what it is. It is, at the end of the game, at the end of the day, a fake game. So. Again. Do you have any more Cricket 19 updates? Um, I started a new player just for fun. A giant man with a mullet and a mustache named Sam Draper, Glenn Archer, <laughs> who is exclusively a huge hitter. We bat at four and we hit big, or we get out. So stay, stay. Do you, do you know the only person on the planet that I would expect to make a video game character that is massive and muscly and named Glenn Archer? Ah. Uh, Glenn Archer. Yeah, correct. As I can totally see him buying every video game and making just a massive, strong character and naming it Glenn Archer. Yeah, himself. He'd, he'd buy like WWE 2021 and just make this like seven foot guy that's like called the sh- the Shin Boner. Yeah. <laughs> Finishing move is the big elbow. Yeah, and and that is the Cricket 19 update. For my cricket 19 update, Leo. I'm buying an Xbox. Yeah, I'm getting cricket 19, and I am going to become a better player than Jake, Jake Caratinelli. <laughs> yeah, but better than Jake Fusilini. <laughs> what is that? Fusilli, whatever that pastor is. Penny will be I'll, be. I'll be. I'll be far. Yeah, far more formal. I'll be Jacob Penny. J- Jacob Spaghettolini. Yeah, good. Love to see it. Um, what else have we got? Other sports? Oh wait, no cricket. Cricket. We're still at cricket. Um, again, I need you to do something for this to work, and I need all the listener that is listening to Google. Kyle Jameson catch and see the, the video from today. Uh, right. Kyle Jameson. I hope that will come who, up. Who are they playing? Um, Bangladesh in a one day they played today. Ruckus on Kyle Jameson catch. I'm intrigued. Yeah. Tell me what you think of this catch. Put on your umpire hat and tell me if it's out or not out. All right. Of course, Jamal's favourite cricketer in the world, Big Kyle Jamison, the $2.6 million man of the IPL. Yeah, the three-metre man. All right, here we go. 
Yeah, that's a catch. Very difficult to tell from the first angle. Have you seen the replay? I have seen the second angle. Front on. Front shows on. Shows it going to his hand and then him fall over. Yeah. I think Ruled I... by the New Zealand third umpire as not a catch. By the New Zealand umpire? The, uh, the soft signal by the umpires on the ground was out. Yeah. And the third umpire overruled and said that is not out because the ball clearly touches the ground. That's when he's got hold of the ball and he falls over and he like uses it to break his fall. Yeah, he has control of the ball. I believe that's a catch. That is just about the single worst decision I've seen since Steve Buckner retired. Woof. Ah, Steve Buckner. There's a name I haven't thought of. I haven't thought of. Well, sheesh. But at the same time, probably the worst third umpire decision I've ever seen from a cricket perspective. That's obviously a catch. Like he, it's that's clearly a catch. It's like he has control of the ball. Yeah, that's an awful, awful decision. God damn. Poor oh, Kyle, robbed of a wicket. Um, one of the one of the greatest to play the game, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> um, just following up on that, Bangladesh actually managed to get to 271 in that one day, and New Zealand chased it down with 10 balls to spare. Tom Latham, who was captaining in Kane Williamson's absence and was also the wicketkeeper, made 110 not out off 108 balls. Jesus. Um, Devin Conway, 72. Conway is back. Nisham, 30. Guptal, 20. 20. And I mean, seems close-ish, but a reasonably comfortable victory. Yeah. No, um, New Zealand, very good team. Obviously, a Bangladesh good. Is that is that what I'm gathering from? Um, no, no. I think they're okay in limited overs cricket. Um, it's Zimbabwe have fallen right off. Zimbabwe just got beat by Afghanistan, I think, in their couple of series. Apparently, Afghanistan are good. No, well, I'm, they've got a couple of good players. Like, actually, that, that's something to uh, discuss because I assume you haven't seen it. No. In the second innings of the recent. Afghanistan Zimbabwe test. Mm. Guess how many overs Rashid Khan bowled? Oh, uh, 45. 62.5. Uh, oh my God. He opened the bowling and I'm pretty sure bowled every over from that end bar two. Yeah, sixty-two point five took seven for one hundred and thirty-seven. In the first innings, bowled. Uh, whoops, sorry. Um, in the first innings, he bowled thirty-six point three overs and took four for one hundred thirty-eight. So he's taken eleven for the match and bowled a hundred overs. That's unreal, mate. And there are one fucking horse. One trick pony down there at Afghanistan. Uh, yeah, pretty much just about. I think. Yeah, yeah. I think Muhammad Nabi and uh, Mujib might also be Afghanistani, but they're not on the test side right now. I think. Oh, I do know Muhammad Nabi. The, uh, yeah, Red the Renegades guy. Yeah, and then Mujib was the mystery spinner for the he- Brisbane. Mystery. Sp- we love a mystery spinner. Um. Uh, what else we got? I'll say there's a one day going on at the moment. Have England batted? England haven't batted yet. No, no. It's, oh. it's only like um, 
not even half. It's like it's it's like one thirty in or one oh four in India, I think. Oh, I know what I'm doing tonight. Staying up and watching. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah. Um, hey, you'll be passed out by the end of that drink. <laughs> uh, we're getting there. We're about halfway. Um, yeah, you haven't got to good half yet. <laughs> what else have we got? Um, what else is on this list? Uh, um, uh, I've got one more thing, and it goes back to soccer. Um, a gentleman by the name of Kingsley Coman, who plays for Bayern Munich, got fined $50,000 to turning up to training in a Mercedes instead of his company-issued Audi. Audi being major sponsors of Bayern Munich and the Bundesliga. I don't have an issue with that, to be honest. I mean, I know it sounds ridiculous, but it, I think that's just the scale they operate on. If you like, if you get given a, an Audi, assumedly probably like a three hundred thousand dollars, three hundred thousand dollar Audi mm. for free, on the assumption that you will use it and be seen in it and not show up in the major competitors' car to training. It's, I mean, obviously it's on a larger scale than we're used to, but that's probably fair enough. It'd be like Roger Federer getting paid hundreds of thousands of dollars by Nike and showing up at the Australian Open using an Adidas racket. Yeah. Oh, no, I get it. But it's just funny that you hate your company-issued Audi so much that you turn yeah. up in your personal Mercedes. <laughs> and, I mean, it's, it's a sign of, like, arrogance, right? It's like, oh, I can do whatever I like. I've got this much money. Yeah. I mean, to each their own. You do you, Kingsley. It would be like you as a bartender getting sponsored by Belvedere and then just like spruiking Grey Goose shots all night. They'd be like, what are we paying you for? You're directly promoting the competition. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I was going to say, they used to do that at uh, the bar I used to work at. We were sponsored by Beluga. Hmm. Obviously, it's a, isn't that a caviar? Beluga, no, that's a whale. Yeah, but I reckon they do caviar as well. Probably, um, but they do um, water and it's very bad. But yeah, obviously it's on a much larger scale because they get paid way more than any of us can comprehend. But I mean, that's probably not unreasonable. No, it's not. But I also do want to see what Kingsley Coman makes a week. Coman salary. He makes... Uh, Eight million euros a year, um, which, in layman's terms, eight eight million. What are we dividing by fifty-two? Uh, fuck, that's not the number. <laughs> this is riveting podcasting. Mate, while you're Googling um, Caviar Coleman or what, what's his name? Caray Coleman, Carl Stephanova Coleman. Kingsley Coleman, that's him. I'm Googling beluga caviar and it is in fact caviar consisting of the eggs of the beluga whale. There you go. Um, Kingsley Coleman makes 155,000 euros a week. So he got fined um, two and a half days salary. Yeah. Isn't Ouch. life to live? Oh, shit. I don't get paid this weekend. 
That's that's like if I got fined. <laughs> How much do I make a week? What do you say? A third. If I got fined. But also, but at the same time, that's like ridiculously negligent for something you know will get you in trouble. Yeah, that's true. Like obviously at the point where you're getting 155000 a week, you probably don't care that much about money because you're secure and everybody you care about is secure. But like, it's not as if you made a mistake and you get fined that much. That's just deliberate negligence. Yeah, yeah. He's just being a dick. He's just being contrarian. Um, yeah, that's all I got. Any any more last call points before we wrap it up? Um, no, I, th- I think I'm good podcast-wise. Loved I, I don't think don't think there's any other what what other sports on there's um uh, NFL drafts coming up March Madness is oh there been so many fucking upsets in March Madness a team named Oral Roberts um has come yeah the very same Nickelback's very own Oral so they did so what you're saying is they didn't suck no. They they are <laughs> yeah they didn't suck. <laughs> um, they beat like the one seed and then beat the three seed in the next round. They are absolutely flying. Um, mm. But yeah, something that barely qualifies as sport and even less qualifies as something for us to discuss. But um, interesting to note that the weather was so bad that the Golden Slipper, the biggest day of horse racing in Sydney for the year, got postponed. I'll say that's a swimming pool where they are. It's, it's genuinely akin to the NRL grand final getting postponed. Really? Yeah, like biggest day of the year of horse racing in Sydney. It's the Melbourne Cup of Sydney. When's it being moved to? Saturday. This <laughs> week. Everything's being pushed back a week. But like that would be huge news in Melbourne, I feel like. The, the Melbourne Cup getting delayed. And yeah, the Golden Slipper has been delayed a week. Oh, there you go. Um, but other than that, yeah, I think we uh sported out, sported out. I'm not giving another nickelback quote after what I went through earlier tonight. No, you're not giving a nickelback quote because of what I went through earlier tonight. (laughs) Hey, you think it's bad on you? Just imagine me listening to that shit basically for the first time. Rim. All right. Well, we we can edit a little break into it. Go find a Nickelback quote and read it back to me. No, uh, no. You know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna I'm gonna edit the the one in the halftime to the first one, and then the second one to now. Into now. So to end this week's podcast, I present to you Nickelback. We can do it till the batteries are done, and borrow two from the TV remote to turn this thing back on. Oh my God. I want to cover you in, I want to cover you with jello in the tub. We can roll around for hours without ever coming up. I want you naked with your favorite heels on. Slap John Deere across my ass and ride me up and down the lawn. And thank you so much for listening to the last call podcast. Thanks for the Nickelback quote. We'll see you next week for round two. 
of the AFL season and no doubt more sport. Any last words, Ash? Stay tuned for more Nickelback. Wild turkey forever. Ha, ha, ha.